Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Sapna Shahak, MD. Sapna is a board-certified internal medicine physician. She was born and raised in Kansas, attended medical school at the University of Kansas School of Medicine. She completed her internal medicine residency at KU Wichita. I had a friend that went to this university and I always struggle with the pronunciation. Wichita. Wichita, there we go, that Australian accent. After experiencing burnout yourself, Sapna, and watching other physician colleagues burn out, it became a passion of hers to look into different aspects of burnout while the system does not need to change. Uh, while the system does need to change as it's broken, this podcast is a way to reach physicians and possibly shed some light on what is not an isolated solution. Great. So it is awesome to have you here today, Sapna. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And I know you have your own podcast as well, which which you help physicians with this as well. So you're obviously extremely passionate. Uh, very passionate. It's a passion project that was uh, born during the pandemic. And, you know, we can get into that story later on. But yes. Yes. Um, and, and that's exactly how we start. So I, I always ask the question of like, tell me about the context that I need to know about your life to know why you help people in the way you do today. Sure. So that could be a very long story on how we got here, but um, <laughs> I've been burned out twice myself, but it really wasn't. I didn't have the language to really describe that until 2019, 2020. And how I came to that was, unfortunately, my best friend from medical school and residency, who was also a physician, died from suicide. Mm. So when that happened... It was just. That would have been so hard. My, the closest I had to a dad passed from suicide as well. And it's, it's a really tough situation to go through. Um, so firstly, I'm really sorry you went through that. You as well, because it's, it's, um, you know, you, you wonder what could, could anything have been done to prevent it? Exactly. Yeah. And so I started reading, you know, there's this context of once you hit a certain milestone in life or a certain income or you have a certain accolade that you achieve, like life should be perfect. That's what we think. But we have to remember this is not a fairy tale. This is not a Disney movie. You know, it's real life and life is hard. Mm. Um. So no, no income, no title, no accolade gives you protection from something bad happening or being in a bad spot. Exactly. So I was, I was surprised when I started reading about, you know, what is the physician suicide rate? And it it was, this was pre-pandemic. It was about 400 physicians per year here in the States. And then the burnout rate, um, women or have a higher burnout rate than than their male physician counterparts. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until then that I started reading about that, that I had verbiage to exp- 
uh, describe what I had been feeling in 2016 and then 2019. Mm. Um, and then about a year, close to a year into the, uh, to the uh, death anniversary, I, I didn't know how to process it. So I sought counseling. Mm. And um, about a year after that, I started the podcast because I saw more and more of the moral injury and burnout coming to light during the pandemic. It's it's so wild to me that people who give so much of their lives to others, like especially throughout the pandemic, we saw it, you know, doctors and nurses. Yeah, everybody, um, yeah. Yeah, everyone in, in the medical field give so much of themselves that they're so burnt out, there's no nothing left for themselves and it's really sad that the only someone can feel so stuck 400 per year that the only way out is to be physically out yeah that hit me really hard so how i guess like you have a really strong reasoning as to why you help people in the way you do today. Um, how do you help people like move, move out of that? Like what have you seen is the best way to help somebody go from feeling burnt out to being able to manage their circumstances um, rather than needing to run or escape? I think the first thing, um, the first thing really is to, know know where you're at like know mm. where you are at in in life um and know if you are disconnected from your normal self for example uh before before going through burnout i myself was i'm, I'm pretty easygoing not much bothers me usually um i mean if i feel passionately about something i'm going to speak up mm. but you know, don't sweat the small things. Uh, I usually like to be around family and friends and with my close circle, I love socializing. Mm. With when I hit the wall of burnout, I didn't want to socialize. I wanted to be left alone. I when I got home, I didn't even want to talk to my dogs. Like that's how fried or done at the end of the day that I was. And to not want to talk to a dog is kind of silly, but I mean, they're, they're I one feel of that the, though. But they're one of the sweetest beings. They're the best. They're, yeah. Yeah. So how could you not want to talk to a dog mm. or, you know, greet them as, as eagerly as they greeted me? Mm. Yeah. And, that's a pretty good indication that you, you're getting burnt out. Yeah. And it was related to work and it was related to just situation. Um, and then when I couldn't fulfill some of the family obligations that I wanted to fulfill, such as my mom had a large stroke back in 2016 and there was some pushback when I wanted to go see her. Mind you, I'm in the same state, but not in the same town or city. I got some pushback. And so I didn't see her until she was being dismissed. 
from the hospital and uh, we've got to do better. Um, and nothing should really keep you from seeing your family like that. Yeah. So that's when I decided, um, enough is enough. I'm going to change my priorities. So mm -hmm. to answer your question, um, I think that you have to understand what your priorities are, what your normal area of being centered and focused looks like, what is your authentic self, what are your values, like what are your core values? And once you define those, if what you're seeing in the mirror is not reflecting that, then you need to change, pick one thing, just pick one thing, focus on it and try to change it every little bit of change to that to recenter yourself, to become the more authentic self. I think that I think that's the key because we can't change the world. We can't change society. There's corruption. There's here in this here in the US, we have, we put money before people's health. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Yep. <laughs> but just because you know, as a physician, I practice in it and you, you, you practice in it as well as, as, you know, with what you do mm -hmm. in a different, in a different aspect. It doesn't mean that we endorse it, but we also understand that there's a need. And so if you come at it from, this is what I will do. This is what I won't do. These are my boundaries. And this is why I think you can navigate through something as hellacious as that. You know, I've had a friend who's just left the medical industry because of what you just said about money before health. Um, I don't think it's just isolated to the US. I just think the US are just, they don't even pretend to hide it um, with kind of healthcare and stuff like that. You, you know, in Australia and New Zealand, there's free healthcare, but that healthcare is pretty horrendous unless you pay for it, to be fair. Like you've got to wait a long time and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, my friend, she actually left. She was feeling so burnt out, like not treated very well um, and seeing a lot as a money grab rather than genuinely treating people. So she left it, you know, um, I can't say that she was burnt out. It was her experience, but um, yeah, her way of getting out instead of doing what you you've mentioned of um, defining your core values, setting boundaries and stuff like that. She actually left, which which was sad. That's not an uncommon that's not an uncommon phenomenon, unfortunately. You know, the. Um, what I described about the suicide rate, it's, it's also seen in the UK, I believe, Australia. I don't know about mm. the statistics in New Zealand. But also in Canada. Mm. So I can, I think what you're talking about contributes to all. And yeah, it, the thing is, is that you can leave. You, if mm. you, And that's for anybody that is in a, a career or an area in life that does not fit like who you are at your core value. I mean, at your core, it does not meet your core values. Your, this is where moral injury comes from, right? Yes. If, if it doesn't, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, you can leave. Mm. You can leave and choose to do something else. I mean, you may not be able to do it at the drop of a hat, 
It might take some planning. That's the tough thing about being an adult is having to figure that out. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, you can you can have a plan to make a shift. Yeah, that and that can be translated to any industry as well. While yes. while medical professionals they do have a high rate of burnout, which makes total sense. I can't imagine the stress. I've given CPR two two times, well, almost three times, but two times. Once on a six year old child, I was so messed up after that situation. Like I don't know how people do it every day. So to me, um. Maybe I'm too emotional. I don't know. But um, yeah, I couldn't handle it. But just being in business and seeing how tired people get, women specifically, um, sometimes you do need to take a good hard look in the mirror and decide like, is this actually what I want for myself? Am I feeling fulfilled? And having that courage to set up an exit plan. Oh, yeah. And this is, like you said, this is for any field because, at the, at, you know, if our basic human needs are not being met. And I and I don't mean food, shelter, water, uh, clothing, and all that. I mean respect. I mean happiness. Mm. I mean safety, and that includes psychological safety. Um, and not a toxic work environment. Then yeah, yeah. Start writing down, and again, you know, just plan it out. Look at what 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 is your next step? Yeah, because nobody on their deathbed that I that I've read about, that I've encountered, say that they would have ever worked. They would have loved to work more. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) So, I mean, why are we, I know know that things are hard right now with inflation Mm. and everything's getting tougher, but at the same time, you know, I think it's looking at what can we give up? What can we, what can we substitute? Um, what can what is really worth spending our time in front of the television or in front of the computer? Mm-hmm. The cell phone? You know, that that also I think uh, what's my point with that? How are you spending your time? How what are you consuming? If you can consume and binge watch Netflix, fantastic, that's fine. But if that's all you're doing, reshift some of that energy to why am I doing this if this is not normal? What else can I do to fill in these needs? What are my deficits? Is it that I'm not and you know, embracing my spiritual side? Am I not embracing my physical side? Am I not sleeping well? Mm. It, what is my stress level? And where is that stress coming from? What can I decrease? What can I do to increase my my happiness? Or what can I do to refill my cup? Because the truth is, we we deserve to be happy. And how each person defines happiness is is up to them. Mm. I'm really curious, like when you're burnt out, and you, you may know this firsthand. Personally, I've been burnt out before. Like when you're burnt out, you want to do what's easy because you're working so hard at work. So yes, for me personally, I didn't want to do the things I love doing. And I just wanted to scroll or watch Netflix or do something to numb. So how does one begin to take action when they're already just like so tired? It's so hard to imagine like doing something new, you know? 
Oh yeah, and that's the reason why I brought it up because you know I stay up late <laughs> two three o'clock in the morning watching uh, Netflix, and I don't even remember the the series I was I was watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole point. I mean, I'd come home, I'd get uh, I couldn't fall asleep or whatever. Um, I think for me it was when it started to affect my mood i start i started getting even grumpier um i started getting very annoyed so for me that's what it was like this this isn't right something's got to change and um i actually went to my doctor and said hey um this is this is going on and uh you know it was always it was always stress right it was always stress and well it is a type of stress um it's particularly burnout is particularly related to the the work environment um i I think it was just talking with my physician honestly um and sometimes it is as easy as talking to a friend talking to a therapist a life coach um i'm catholic so you know in the past i've also talked to a priest Mm -hmm. uh the family priest that has been very helpful so, but having that way to communicate, but I think first off, you have to try to identify what or why is going on. And sometimes um, it might be an external person that says, that brings it to your attention. Now that happens too. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The goal-getting journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the goal-getting journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HFPODCAST at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. That actually makes total sense. Um, I, I've actually had a similar experience where I felt a weight lifted off my shoulder once I actually shared it with somebody at work and I did have a safe environment and it did take a bit of planning and analyzing first so because um I guess previously by doctors and you know you're obviously a physician I feel like it can quickly be diagnosed as depression um and especially for me because my burnout symptoms have typically been sleeping more like and not being able to get out of bed and all like more of the depressive symptoms rather than more of the anxious symptoms. So, um, but, and I found, found that like antidepressants got me from a two out of 10 to a four out of 10, which was great, but I didn't need them long-term because it was situational rather than clinical. And um, 
I always found that really hard, but I do, I do find similar to you, like being able to share that experience with someone in a way that you feel safe does actually free up quite a bit of energy, even though like, it's not a magic pill. It's kind of weird to say, oh, chatting to someone helps, but it, it really does. Well, it's that external validation. And while yeah. it's, it shouldn't be the driver for why we make decisions, mm. um, I think there's also a culture of gaslighting, isn't there? In the corporate yes. world, in the corporate world, anywhere, a lot of places, there's a, there's a culture of gaslighting. Mm. And if you feel, if you say, I feel this way, Ah, no, you're just, you're just weak or you're just, you're just tired or as a, as a woman, uh, you're just being hormonal, right? Yes. That's that's always the combat. Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's always going to, it's going to always going to be that hormonal question or are you pregnant or is it that time of the month? I mean, just something very misogynistic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I'm not saying that every place is like that, but that is a, that is a well-documented issue. Yes. So you have to have a a safe space in order to talk about some of these things, a lot of these things and feel validated or at least heard instead of having a fear of having it come back and be used against you or um, you don't want to be gaslit. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think that's where I'm a big uh, supporter of therapy. Um, I've been in therapy myself. I, I've also had a life coach. Um, I think both help. Mm. And again, it's about having a safe space. And for the listeners, I don't mean that my feeling is going to get hurt easily. I mean, I'm trying to, I was at that point, I was trying to work through a loss of identity because I was so wrapped up in work, mm-hmm. right? Um, a loss of a friend, a loss of identity, because I think it's very easy, particularly here in the States, to get wrapped up in work and just go down that rabbit hole that we identify ourselves by what we do what car we drive and that's 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 truly that that's not what matters mm. yeah you're so right we do have this like culture of productivity and how one looks to other people and I can't imagine how difficult it would be like for doctors because like they always say like doctors lawyers like the ideal profession and then getting there and feeling unpro- unfulfilled I feel like there's an extra layer of pressure there which would have been hard to overcome. There is, but uh, I'm still going to come in my, in the cooler weather, I am still going to wear my cowboy boots to the clinic because I'm here in Kansas and they're very comfortable. Yes. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to show up that way. That's, that's authentic to me. Yeah. Um, I love if, that. <laughs> I'm going to show up in my leather jacket because leather is easy to clean and it's, um and it's warm. So I'm not for everybody, but I'm going to show up authentically and we have a good time. Yes, I love that. And I I, I have the same, like one of the favorite churches I went to in, um, in, in New Zealand, the like the priest, well, not the priest, I guess it was, it was like a non-denominational church. So the pastor, he wore a leather jacket and was just rocking it. Like it was awesome. Like, but also shared like, and was able to like 
turn scripture into like really relatable stories and stuff like that. And um, like whether you're into religion or you're not, like I, that was a really great example of to me of somebody that was like completely different to what was expected, but still showed up, rocked up and was his authentic self. Yeah, I think you have to show up to our, you, as your authentic self in life. And, you know, in some professions, it's, I don't want to say beaten out of us, but it's you either assimilate or it's going to be hard, right? Yeah. And so undoing that is, 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 um, it's challenging, it's difficult, it's time consuming, it's going to make you uncomfortable as heck. But the truth of the matter is, do it because that is by only pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And the key is when you're ready, right? When you're ready by pushing yourself out of the comfort zone and uh, encouraging that personal growth, that's when you start getting back to who you are at the core. Mm. Your interests may change, but hopefully your 18 or 20 year old self is not wanting to kick you in the ass because they can't, they can't. You're like, I turned up to be, I turned out to be that. That was never my goal. Yes. I sometimes think that about my 15 year old self. I was very like into metal, like anarchy, like stuff the men, like, ah, don't like the men. And that's been a really big point for me in corporate is to speak like who I am rather than having this corporate veil and being like, oh, let's circle back to this topic later. Not that, Mm -hmm. and if you naturally speak like that, great. Like that's not a kick in the butt to those types of people. But for me, that's not how I speak. I speak the way I do now. And yes, sometimes I don't sound educated, even though I, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty smart. Um, but I don't have to speak in those huge words that I know. I would prefer to you know, explain it to a five-year-old. That's just the way I am. But it, you do sometimes feel, I guess, in my profession, just maybe not like the smartest person in the room. And I, But I feel like if I conform to that and conform to the man, I would just be not myself and I would just be doing that from a place of insecurity rather than a place of authenticity. No, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm pretty rough around the edges. I'm... Not always well polished when I speak. Yeah. When I need to be, I will. I can do that. Right. But but that's not every time. That's not every time you have a conversation. And you know, it's um it's exhausting to be just not me. Mm. <laughs> totally. Why do you think that or why do you know? You might you might know, but why why do women have a higher burnout rate? Because I see this in my profession too. We've, people that have communicated that are burnt out to me have always been a woman. So why does this seem to be an issue that's bigger with women? How many times does a man have to come home and expected to cook dinner, or take care of the kids? Yeah, true. And I'm <laughs> not so saying, sick. yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of societal and um, societal expectations, but also expectations we put on ourselves. Mm. Um. Here's the thing. If you help make the kids, you can help take care of them. Mm-hmm. Pretty point blank. Right? Yeah. Um, now maybe some households don't work like that. And that's and that's fine. Um, but you can delegate. You can so talk to your partner, talk to extended family, friends, um, outsources, outsource what you can, um, meal prep, 
Uh, there are great things that hang in the closet so you can get your clothes ready for like three to five days if you want. It just takes a little bit of extra prep, mm. but it saves a hell of a lot of time during the week when you're not running around trying to find things that you can't normally find because you're I'm disorganized at home. I'm incredibly <laughs> disorganized. Looks like a bomb went off in my house at times. Um, but you know what? I gave up the perfectionism. Uh, is the house clean? Yes. Are the clothes clean? Yes. Do we have a decent meal on the table? Yes. So, okay. It's not everything's picked up and tidy and it doesn't look like a, a magazine house. If you want that, don't come to my house. I'm pretty open about that. <laughs> I think I need to give up the perfectionist stuff now <laughs> because I like a magazine house and put so much pressure on myself to have it. I wonder how, like whether that's a female thing as well, whether you have kids or not, like you just put so much pressure on yourself for everything to be perfect. <laughs> but that's the thing. Um, it, it, it's, it's not. And yeah. my, it looks like my kids live here because they've drawn on the walls and if I want to try to take a magic eraser there, mommy, why? It's uh the house is shiny and pretty. Oh, we made it that way. I'm like, okay. So it stays, <laughs> you know, they put their mark. It's, it's their territory too. That's um, really cute. But I'm, things will get done. Yeah. Things will get done, but it's not going to be perfect every day. And, you know, just, you can have a clean house and five minutes later, it's a disaster. So pick and choose your battles in life. You can either yeah. put your energy into having a dance party or spending all the time bitching and griping about, you know, what's not picked up. And the whole point of that is you have to let some things go. And that yeah. was one of them, you know, before kids. Yeah, it was easy. There was no reason, but now it's, it's more challenging. It's more challenging. Let's put it that way. But, uh, you know, these years go by quickly. So um, I've chosen to let certain things go on the weekends we pick up. And during the we just we just have a routine mm -hmm. and um, to offload some of the hustle and bustle in the mornings. Um, they help me meal prep during the weekends. So it's just little things. It's just little things that we do as a family that help to offload okay. some of those things. And then I've, you know, um, I outsource certain things um, that I, I feel that I would would be best done that way. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain expectations and boundaries. So I, I, I don't know. That's helped. That's helped me. Yeah. Um, no, that makes total sense. I um, there's two things I kind of want to pick out of that. One, one, a mentor of mine, she provided a really great analogy for like the things you need to learn to let go. And she said, like, imagine all of your tasks as different balls in the air. You've got all these balls in the air. Some of mm -hmm. those balls are rubber and some of those are glass. Figure out which balls are going to break everything and figure out. And it's exactly what you said, like your rubber balls is like, having the kids drawing on the wall or, um, you know, not having all of the dishes perfectly put away and you've really clearly defined what is not going to break you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, but at, at some point you realize that you can't do it all and it either throw your hands up in the air and say, fuck it. <laughs> or you say, um, or it's going to make you 
curl up in a ball because you feel like a failure just because my house isn't perfectly clean yeah or because heaven forbid all the towels aren't folded perfectly and these are real scenarios that i've uh, that i've heard and when you when you when you pull it out of the closet it's still going to be as straight or crumpled as 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 the next one so let some of the small things go um focus your energy on things that well things that matter to you um if you like perfectly folded folded towels that's fine but my whole point is again delegating and figuring out what is important and so the so one of the reasons why females women burn out faster than men is because of um expectations right we're supposed to be we're supposed to be super mom plus uh kick ass in corporate america and not bitch about any of this right yes (laughs) and the truth of it is that's bullshit yeah excuse my language but that's bullshit it is did you listen have you watched barbie yet and seen that like speech by america ferrera no but it's on my list to do yeah even if you just listen to that speech because i feel like every woman listening to that is exactly what you just said it's I'm expected to be perfect at work, perfect at home, perfect at this. And at the end, I can't complain about it because then if I complain about it, I'm bitchy or I'm hormonal or, you know, and, and it basically encapsulates in like one to three minutes exactly how every single woman feels. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was one of my favorite things. Something else, though, I'm pretty curious about is... um. I, after the closest I had to kind of like a father figure in Australia, um, passed from suicide, I did a lot of like research on depression and stuff like that. And more women are depressed statistically, yet there's a higher percentage of men who commit suicide, which I'm like, are men just not dealing with it? So I'm wondering if you have the same sort of just hearing that women have a higher burnout rate, it makes sense that we get burnt out more quickly. But do you think that like there's some men out there suffering in silence? That's what I think, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And actually I just did a, did an episode this week with Rakan Dandia on men, men's mental health for, for my mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and you know what he was disgu- discussing and it's not the first time I've heard it is um, if you, you don't want to seem weak. Mm. Uh, there's sometimes a stigma of associated with reaching out. Um, you know, men are supposed to be stoic and unemotional. And if you cry, it's not manly. And that's just completely not true. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want anybody crying at just any for anything at the drop of a hat. Um, just kind of out of the blue. You know, that's a different issue. But at the same time, I think there's strength and vulnerability mm. and asking for help because you have to, number one, think about how much effort goes into that. You have to recognize an issue, recognize that you as a person are not able to cope or maybe you're about ready to hit rock bottom or whatever that is. And then that you need help. So that takes a lot of insight. Yeah. That takes a lot of insight. And so I think the culture around um, 
men and uh, emotions and depression, I think that there's a stigma. As as women are called emotional, men are expected to be without emotion, which is completely not true. They're they're human beings with emotions as well. Exactly. And, yeah. And so, but then you also look at the methods that typically men pick for to complete suicide, and typically it's more um, guns, something that's going to be. I'll get the job done. Uh, yeah, exactly. Whereas women, it's more um, uh, medication overdose, and there are ways to reverse that. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock-full of premium CBD and a full-spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are all of Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you think that is like because men have this more like productivity mindset of like getting the job done? Or do you think like women are just looking for a more passive way to do it? Like I'm really curious about the psychology into that because I hate hearing the term like, oh, they're just doing it for attention. They didn't, they, they didn't do the job on purpose and stuff like that. And I've heard terrible comments like that. And that to me is just completely un untrue. I do not think it's a cry for help. Um, so I'm just curious, like your thoughts on the psychology behind them, like that. I, I definitely think it's first access, access. Uh, the second one is um, exactly what you said. You know, men want to get it, get it done and over with right let's come yeah. on let's 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 be efficient and um not that women aren't efficient we're efficient at other things aren't we we're yeah. we're nature versus nurture but um i think that we uh we don't want to feel the pain mm -hmm. and so 
No, that overdose is not a cry for help. That's a that's an ugly way to say it. Yes. Yeah, really terrible way to say it. Um, and maybe I heard those comments earlier um, when I was in my early 20s and stuff like that. And I just think it's completely untrue. We are, you know, coming up onto the hour now and we've spoken about some pretty heavy stuff that's needed to be said because hopefully somebody listening, if they feel like they're in the scenario, maybe feel like they can reach out to for help and intercept it early. Something you did mention that I wanted to pick your brains on is something that helped you is like stepping into your authentic self. That's helped me as well. Yeah. Um, and defining your core values. How do you, in today's society, when we're told that we're successful if we become a doctor, <laughs> um, all of these things set us up for success, the car, the house, all of that. How do you define what your core values are when we've been fed so much stuff? Yeah, we've been fed a lot of noise, haven't we? Yeah. And I originally became a doctor because I wanted to do doctors without borders, but life happened. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know what? That's a great question. And it's to answer your question, I think, um, most appropriately. Um, it took a, a few losses to kind of circle back to who I was originally. So it's easy to get lost in the noise. But when there's something that out echoes or out outspeaks the noise that society feeds us um but then we listen or you can learn by others mistakes and you know that's another way to learn too but a lot of times it's a it's a loss or a life-changing event that makes us circle back and say well hey what the hell so hopefully it doesn't take that but i would say stop pause turn off disconnect I'm not saying necessarily go out into nature, but um, for, for me, it's going out to New Mexico a couple times a year and really reconnecting. And, um, you know, the drive out there, the drive out there, um, reconnecting in what I find to be my spiritual spots. I, I can think and I can think, OK, is this am I am I at where I need to be? Like, is my spiritual life what it needs to be? Is my um, do I have my work life? where it needs to be is it getting too big because if it is i need to shrink that am i spending enough time with my family am i spending enough time with with what i love to do outside of career and so when i call the balance of the boxes um from you know this concept taken from dr robert bean and he actually goes through um, <clears throat> the pathophysiology of burnout mm. and so i think looking at those for me that has helped because i've learned from him um, what he said. And then again, looking at, okay, is what I'm doing truly making me happy? And if not, why not? If so, why so? Um, and just redefining what your goal of, or what your definition of success is, because it's not a dollar amount. It's not um, a house size. And it's not a car. It's not a degree. Like the most educated person I know was a big learner in life, but had a second grade education. Mm. So screw degrees as far as making you happy. And that was, that was, that was my maternal grandmother. So yeah. What makes you happy? And you have to answer that question and cancel out all the noise. Yeah, it sounds like um, 
a huge part of it is reflection and and also creating some sort of space for yourself, whether that's physical space from your environment or metal, mental space within your mind. Um, and like asking yourself those hard questions to kind of like figure out what lights you up. But I also couldn't agree more with regards to the education piece. Like um, being a lifelong learner is so much more important than learning to check off boxes. And that's not to say somebody with a PhD isn't a lifelong learner, but let's be honest, some are doing it for the clout and for the status. So I think it's more about the qualities you can body than the boxes that you can check off. Exactly. Exactly. I know you have so much knowledge, so I'm going to let you create your own question here. Is there anything that we haven't spoken about today that you really wanted to speak about in this podcast and share with people? I think it's just that you as an individual matters, like you as an individual, you matter. And, um, you really have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. And if you're happy, fantastic. If you're not, try to look at what would make you happy and don't rely on an external source. I think ha- happiness is within you. And um, you really have to define that and then work toward that. It's, it's a choice. It's a choice of showing up as as your authentic self. And if you don't know what your authentic self is currently, and work toward defining that. And that is going to change as you, as a person, as you change. So I think that be open to that. Mm, That's so true. And that can trigger a lot of people that happiness is a choice because sometimes we can feel so trapped by our external environment, but it is a choice at the end of the day. And by believing it's not a choice, you're trapped further trapping yourself in a situation because you're removing that autonomy from yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable today, Sapna. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Like I want to go on a bit of a run and reflect after this conversation. I, I just like your depth and your energy is just really powerful. And I'm sure other people listening have felt that. So how can others get in touch with you, learn more about your work and continue to be inspired by you? Sure. Uh, so just go to my website, theworthyphysician.com. And there it has links to blog posts and free resources and uh, podcast. Awesome. Great. Theworthyphysician.com will ensure that's in the show notes. Once again, thanks so much for joining the show today. I've really appreciated having you on. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And for everyone listening at home, in the car, wherever you're listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. 